Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. Well, good morning again, everybody. It's good to see you. This is a time for Christmas miracles that God can do something. Listen, this is a time when people uh, who are still kind of freaked out over the past couple of years may take a glimpse out from their um, almost like a groundhog day when the, when the groundhog looks out to see his shadow. Some people are just now coming out to kind of see what the world, what's going on in the world. This is a time to show them Jesus, remind them that Jesus is alive, that he's not a religion, that he is the Lord God, that he can do miracles, that he does miracles every day. Um, the other day I had a miracle myself. The, um, I was supposed to have a little skin cancer they found, a little basal cell thing on my uh, jawline, my neck. And they did a biopsy on it about a month ago. said, oh, you need to come back in, it's cancer. So I went back in the other day and the lady looked at it. She said, well, well, you healed up really well. I can't even see it without them. Let me look under the scope. So she grabs the scope and she looks under there and she goes, I don't see it. She said, it's gone. It wasn't supposed to be gone just from the biopsy. She said, I did, you know, did stuff around the edges, but she said, I don't think I, she said, I'm sorry to bring you all the way here. I said, that's okay. I'm five minutes away. I'm happy to leave. <laughs> but sometimes we don't, you know, in those just daily miracles, you just don't think about, but to God be the glory. I had my wife pray for me before, before I left. Um, my wife prayed for me and then she kissed the spot. She kissed the boo-boo. Like she does for our grandkids. And I, and I told my, uh, my nurse practitioner, I think that my wife's kiss did the job. Kind of, kind of finished it off and just kissed it goodbye. Anyway, uh, God can do anything though. If he can heal that, he can heal whatever, you're, whatever is ailing you, right? Every ache, every pain, every situation in your life. And so today we're gonna talk, today's message is called Right on Time. I love that, Right on Time. We're looking at Isaiah chapter 46 from the message, verse nine. Remember your history, Isaiah writes, your long and rich history. I am God, the only God you've ever had or ever will have. Incomparable or incomparable, whichever way you wanna say it, irreplaceable. From the very beginning, telling you what the ending will be. That's where we're going today. From the very beginning, God says, I tell you what the ending will be all along letting you in on what is going to happen, assuring you I'm in this for the long haul, I'll do exactly what I set out to do. You might know that as a verse that says, God sees the end from the beginning. The Amplified says, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure and purpose no matter what. Galatians 4, 4 says this, <clears throat> pardon me, but when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son born of a woman born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons and daughters. Finally, Luke chapter two in the Christmas story, verse six says, as so it was, that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. 
And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. By the way, it doesn't say they were homeless or didn't have any money for the hotel. It says there was no room. God makes room where he wants the room to be. Amen? Let's pray together one more time. God, would you come and move in this time? Holy Spirit, unless you quicken us with what your word means, we're lost. But every time we come into your presence, we can find your truth, that we can live for you. Change us with the miracle of Christmas, the birth of the Christ child afresh in our hearts and lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Last week, we began a new series called The Checkered Flag, talking about finishing up strong in every time, every season, every opportunity. We said there are seasons of transition that become seasons of transformation if you keep your eye on the end goal. This week in my devotions, I was kind of quickened the Bible phrase in the fullness of time. Several times in scriptures, it uses that phrase, excuse me, in the fullness of time. When the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son. In the fullness of time. And I thought, what is the fullness of time? And it's about time has to mature. Time allows things to ripen, to grow up into what they're supposed to become. And and sometimes, you know, there used to be an old... uh, Ernest and Julio Gallo commercially back in the 70s said, we will serve no wine before it's time. Well, God won't serve anything up until it's time. And just because it's my time or your time doesn't mean it's his time. We get frustrated or pressured in something that's time sensitive. It's because of artificial human deadlines of which I remind you the creator of the universe is not bound. He is, according to Revelations one, Revelation 1, he is the Alpha and Omega. He is the beginning, and he is the ending. Our God is bigger than time. He's timeless. He created time for his own purpose. Therefore, he is outside of its constraints. He's bigger, and he's outside of its constraints. That's why he's never early. He's never late. He's always Right on time. His time. We've talked for a number of years here about the words, the two words for time in Scripture, kairos and chronos. Pardon me. Kairos, like we go to the chiropractor, kairos time is something that is specific. It is man-made. It is is earthly time. It it never changes. Kairos time is always the same. There's always going to be 60 seconds in a minute, there's never going to be, oops, there's 61. Or God just added this, or something happened there. No, there's always 24 hours in a day, never 23, never 25. It's always 24 hours in a day. All these things God sent from the first day of creation. From the very beginning, when light came, and then on the day three or four, when the sun, moon, and stars, all those things, all that stuff lines up because of what God set into motion, that's kairos time. But there's another time, another word for time in scripture called chronos. Kairos, kairos, and chronos. Excuse me, I got them backwards, didn't I? Chronos, 
Chronos, the chronometer, that's, what's, that's the earthly time. Kairos is the time that's God's time. It can change. God's time versus perfect set time of God versus human earthly time that we get frustrated in. And our frustration is because we are, we're in it, we're living it. And, and, and as I say often, there are, there are some days that are long, but years that are short. I mean, it's Christmas again. This, it's Christmas week, it's crazy. I'm not trying to get too deep here, but the point is that whatever you're going through, God is working. And he's moving according to his own timetable to bring his promises to pass. You have to trust God. He is trustworthy. Things are ripening. Things are coming into the fullness of time. Whatever you're going through, there is a set time, a full time when this thing is going to manifest and your promises will move forward in your life and they'll manifest in your life. God always begins with the end in mind. His counsel and his purpose will stand the test of time forever and ever. In fact, the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 12, verse two, that Jesus endured the cross because he saw something. Read it to you from the message. It says, keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That, that exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor, right alongside God. Keep your eyes on him. Who for the joy that was set before him, the joy of your salvation and mine. He saw it by faith. He made everything and made it through everything, every excruciating moment of the passion, every excruciating moment of the cross for the joy that was in front of him. He saw you, he saw me, he saw us saved. He saw us restored, healed, whole, blessed, and victorious. If it was that important to Jesus to see the finish line ahead of time, how much more us? By the help of the Holy Spirit, he saw it by faith. He saw it in his heart, and we have the same opportunity to see things by faith, to see it according to the promise of God, according to the purpose of God, according to his time. Every time sin and darkness overwhelmed the earth, God provided a decisive act of grace. Every time he always did, he always will. At original sin, God provided a covering. When Adam and Eve tried to cover their own sin with vegetation, God said, bah, vegetables will never do it. And all the 12 and under said amen with their pastor. No, God said it requires an animal skin, an animal sacrifice because he was foreshadowing the blood of Jesus as the only covering. We can't find man-made ways. In fact, the Bible says, he that covers his sin will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes will have mercy. 
So we have to bring that to the covering of God. Original sin, God provided a covering. At the flood in Genesis 6, the Bible says that sin had so degraded the earth that there was no family, no person in the whole world that was really seeking after God except one. And his name was Noah. And the, the Bible says in the midst of all of this stuff that's describing, it says, but Noah found grace in the sight of the Lord. And then God told him to build a rescue boat to save life, human life, and even animal life. Of course, Noah's wife then started PETA, but that's a, that's a different story, isn't it? After 4,000 years of human history and under the Old Testament law, the world had again devolved and God provided a new rescue vehicle that would include the covering of a blood sacrifice. It wasn't a boat this time, but it was a vessel named Jesus, the only begotten son of God, was born right on time. Because every time the world is in trouble, grace goes into action and provides a way out. It's good to remember that. Every single time, at the right time, in perfect moments, in the fullness of time, <clears throat> in the fullness of maturity, the ripening of time, God sent forth Jesus the word to buy us back from sin. And the Bible said, not just, to, not just to get us right with God as human servants, but to transform us and adopt us into his family. Heirs of salvation, joint heirs with Jesus. My friends, Christmas marks the starting line for the redemption of the human race. Christmas marks the beginning of a new beginning. And every time that we celebrate this moment, it gives us hope. It gives us hope that our redemption draws near. It's the starting line for the redemption of the human race. This is our celebration to reach the end, there must always be a beginning. To reach the end, there must always be a starting line, a starting point. You don't have the checkered flag until you have the start of the race. And Christmas was the not so grand entrance. We sing a little town of Bethlehem sometimes. Small and humble beginnings are always misunderstood. People miss Jesus' first coming because they could not believe or wrap their minds around the fact that a king could be born in a barn. They couldn't grab a hold of the fact that the son of God would give birth to his own son through a human vessel named Mary and that that baby would be laid to sleep in a feed trough for farm animals. Talk about needing sanitization processes. 
Imagine the germs in that thing. I know what you're thinking. Pastor, you're grasping at straws. Every great thing begins as a seed. And every seed has to start underground where nobody can see it. Every great thing begins as a seed. A tiny grain, excuse me, a miracle potential. A tiny something. If I held a mustard seed up that the Bible talks about here, you couldn't even, you wouldn't even be able to see it. Everything great begins as a seed in humility, in darkness, by itself. When Zechariah the prophet in the Old Testament prophesied about the coming of Jesus, he wrote in the message, Zechariah 4.10, does anyone dare despise this day of small beginnings? I think many times we We do the same thing that the people that lived when Jesus was born did. We we despise the small things. Always celebrating big. Bigger, better. But every victory begins with something that can look almost like defeat. Pastor Nicky Gumbel said this, quote, don't despise the day of small beginnings. Don't look at seemingly minor accomplishments as unimportant. Don't despise apparently insignificant, humble, small beginnings. The kingdom of God itself starts with a mustard seed which grows into a big tree. Small numbers make no difference to God. There's nothing small if God is in it. Everything big has to start small. Nothing you do for God goes unnoticed or unrewarded. You may not see the fruits, but you're accomplishing God's purposes. Don't give up on your God dream, he said. And I thought of sometimes in these moments, we, and all the hustle and bustle of shopping and getting presents and trying to remember everybody on the list and all the stuff going on, we can feel so insignificant, can't we? So busy like we don't even matter. I'm just a, I'm just a, a, a toy delivery person. I'm just a present getter. Whatever. Don't miss seeing the savior of the world because you're looking for your thing in your timing. Don't miss the Christ. Open up to the possibility of God's power moving in a completely different package than you expected. Open up to our God using the foolish things to confound the wise the lower humble things to blow the mind of the big things that demand attention. 
Let's celebrate Christmas this year, honoring Jesus' humble start. That God became one with us, one of us. And submitted himself to be cared for as a seed in the womb of one woman. Then birthed to be cared for as a helpless baby. That the God of the universe would invest all of himself in this seed that became the Christ child. My friends, when they changed Jesus' diapers, I don't think they were sensing salvation. And that baby grew to be a sinless, perfect king. And instead of demanding his throne, He paid the full price for our freedom from sin's captivity from start to finish. And the Bible says he endured by keeping his eye on the joyful ending, your salvation and mine. He saw his mission fully coming to pass. 1 John 3, 8, at the end of the verse says this, For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. And just before he breathed his last human breath on the cross, Jesus cried out, it is finished. Mission accomplished. The devil has been legally disarmed and defeated. And the Bible says in Colossians, humiliated. And Jesus rises as king and champion, not just from the grave 2,000 years ago, but today. He rises in your heart and in mine. Do you really know and recognize this humble king? Have you experienced him? Are you satisfied with the cliches and the motions and all the hubbub? Have you met him? Father God, thank you for your word today. Thank you that you became one with us. You joined us in our human condition, but you lived the perfect sinless life that we could not live. And you restored us in relationship to God. Father, I pray that every person here in the sound of my voice, whether in the room or connecting with us online, anywhere in the world or in our community, that you take us past Christmas traditions, beyond the normal flow, 
and help us to embrace the significance of the Savior, Christ Jesus, the Lord. Thank you that whatever people are going through right now, you already know the end of the story. You already know the end and the end is victorious. The end is beautiful. Lord, your word says you make all things beautiful in their time. Lord, there are some ugly things going on in this world and some horrendous things trying to happen to your people, but we thank you, Lord, that you said in your word that you're turning it for good, that you have the right time, the fullness of time for every promise to come to pass. We bind the enemy today and we declare that when Jesus said it is finished, he had accomplished his mission to destroy your works, devil, your works of cancer and sickness and disease and division and despair and doubt. Holy Spirit, would you come today and move in your people. Change us. Maybe you're here today and you don't know him. Or maybe you have had a relationship with the Lord at some point in your past, but you know right now, you haven't been living for God. You lost sight of him a long time ago. You, 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 you allowed him to just become something, someone that was in the background of your life but he's not remained the king of your heart. Right now, where you are, the greatest miracle is not the healing of a body or the miracle of healing from cancer. Those are great, <clears throat> but the greatest miracle is that you could have come in here today or could be watching online and you could be dead in your sin or asleep to all the things that God has done or is doing. And in one moment, in one prayer, in one acknowledgement that you open your heart long enough and roll that stone away to embrace the real Jesus, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. If you're here today and say, Pastor, pray for me. I need God in my life. I need him in a brand new way. Whether you're in the room or you're at home, would you slip up your hand right now and keep it up? Just put your hand up and keep it up and admit, say, I need God, I need God, I need God. We wanna pray for you right now. <clears throat> he loves you so much. The wonders of his love, the awe. Holy Spirit, there are hands that are raised and hearts that are open. Would you go, would you move in this place today and through all of the technology you've entrusted to us? And I ask you, Father, to reveal Jesus, the Son of righteousness, that you would arise with healing in your wings and set captives free. If you're here today and your hand is up, just say this out loud. Just everybody say it out loud with me, whether you're at home or in the room. Just say, Jesus, 
Be the Lord of my life. Change me. Forgive me for my sin and my selfishness. Help me to see you even in the humble beginnings of your life and the seeds of miracles that are around me. I receive you now afresh as the Savior of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you meant that today, God is moving in your life. He's moving with you right where you are. God will move into every space that you open up for Him. Just don't compartmentalize Him. Open up all of your life. Let Him flood that whole area. Amen? Amen. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you.